Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapters 13 and 14. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Joey was asked by his mother what he had learned in Sunday school that day. Well, well, Mom, our teacher told us how God sent Moses behind the enemy lines on a rescue mission to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And when he got to the Red Sea, he had this engineer build a pontoon bridge. Well, now, Joey, is that really what your teacher taught you, his mother asked? Well, no, Mom, but if I told you the way the teacher, what the teacher did tell me, you would never believe it. <laughs> And I'll tell you something, chapter 14 is a story that many don't believe. Many people don't believe it. It's an amazing, unbelievable story. This chapter is the pivot point for Israel's history. And all of Israel's history points back to the time that they were delivered from Egypt and God opened up the Red Sea and delivered them. And this story is so amazing scholars and critics i call them the higher critics from where saints the lower pit always challenging this story it's so unbelievable and amazing chapter 14 we'll pick up in verse 1 if you're there say amen Amen. now the lord spoke to moses saying "Ah, that was a weak amen y'all gotta do better than that chapter 14 verse 1 if you're there say amen. amen thank you The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel that they turn and turn. Notice that they turn and camp before Pihirath, pretty close, between Migdal and the sea, opposite that place. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. And then God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Well, now it was told to the king of Egypt. That would be Yul Brenner. <laughs> if you've seen the movie. King of Egypt. That the people have fled in the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us? And so he made ready his chariots and he took his people with him. Also, he took 600 choice. These were like the special forces, the choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. And so the Egyptians pursued them. 
all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Piahireth before that place. Now listen, give me your attention. They start to head north toward Canaan, and the pillar makes a right, and they cross the Red Sea, and they head south. They'll cross the Red Sea, and then they'll head south. And they are between, if you will, a rock and a hard place. You ever heard that expression? People use all kinds of expressions to express, to describe um, a, a difficult situation or a, a difficult place. And so Israel is in a difficult situation that they cannot escape from. And it's very interesting because it's God who put them there. Did you notice that? So they're between two mountains, one on the left and one on the right. They're facing the Red Sea, and the only way out is the way they came in. Pharaoh is in hot pursuit, basically laughing, saying they're trapped. He's saying, we got them. But in reality, listen, it's the Egyptians who's trapped, not Israel. And so Pharaoh has a change of heart. As he had told the people, you can leave. He has a change of heart, and he's probably thinking, you know, what were we thinking? We let half all of our labor force go. We let all of, all of our workers go. And so Pharaoh gets his special forces. The Bible tells us there's 600 choice chariots. Josephus tells us that there were 50,000 horsemen and 200,000 footmen. Very interesting. Notice in verse 10 of chapter 14, I got to move forward. When Pharaoh drew near, in verse 10, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you? In other words, I told you so. Don't you hate it when people tell you I told you so? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, underline that, stand still, underline that, and do what, saints? See the salvation of the Lord, underline that, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall see again no more forever. The Lord, in verse 14, will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Stop right there. Notice Pharaoh is drawing to, uh, on, in on Israel, drawing in close. And the children of Israel, they're afraid. And so they begin to complain against Pastor Moses. And the pastor better get used to it because it's going to continue for the whole time that they're in the wilderness. And so they said, Pastor, why did you bring us out here? Is it because there were no graves in Egypt? Why did you bring us out of Egypt? And they said, we told you this was going to happen. This is what we told you would happen. Why didn't you just leave us as slaves? It would have been better to be a slave than to die in the wilderness. And the people is like, wham, wham, wham. Constantly for the next 40 years, this poor pastor, pray for the man, this poor pastor 
is going to have to hear the children of Israel whining. But see, the problem is they haven't seen the movie. <laughs> Amen. And they haven't read the book. And they don't realize that God is going to do something so awesome and so amazing, it's going to blow them away. Moses is going to lift up his rod, the sea will part, and the people will walk through on dry ground, and the Egyptians will follow. You know the story, because you saw the movie. The Egyptians are going to follow, and they're all going to be drowned in the Red Sea. So notice what Moses tells them to do in verse 13. He tells them, don't be afraid. I like that. Don't panic. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, I'll tell you something real short, brief. Before you can see God's salvation, you got to stand still. You can't see God's salvation if you don't stand still. Very interesting. Look at verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh. Wasn't this the point? To gain honor over Pharaoh and over all of his army, his chariots and his horsemen. And then the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh the Lord, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Notice in verse 15, look at it closely, if you will, because it seems that we are missing some information. Did you notice the people are standing before Moses saying, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. Moses says, don't worry, I have faith, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It seems that Moses goes off in a corner and he says, God, we're going to die. <laughs> I like that. You know, God, what are we going to do? God says, Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell Israel to go forward. Moses, I want you to take the rod, lift it up over the sea and divide the sea. And the Egyptians are going to find out really quick that I am the Lord. Look at verse 19. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. And so it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all night. And then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on what saints? Dry ground. The movie. You ever see the movie and the Egyptians come in to the Red Sea and, and they get stuck in the mud and all of their wheels break so y'all need to see the movie, but that's what happens. And then they get stuck in the mud. That might look good for movie, for camera. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that Israel went through on dry ground. The Egyptians came following after them on dry 
ground. You see that? On dry land, and the waters were divided. And so the children of Israel, in verse 22, I read that, went out into the midst of the sea on dry ground. And the waters, notice this, were a wall, circle that, to them on the right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them in the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in verse 24 in the morning, watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. And he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, uh-oh, we be in trouble. <laughs> oh, that's in the Hebrew, I'm sorry. Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Now stop right there. Notice the angel of God in verse 19 was leading them. He leaves the front and goes and stands between the Egyptian army and Israel. But the difference is this. On the Egyptian side, did you notice there was blackness and darkness? On the Israel side, there was fire and light that lit their camp all night. That was a miracle. And then Moses lifted up his hands and the Lord caused the sea to go back all night long and made the sea dry ground. And the Egyptians came following Israel into the Red Sea. And as I pointed out, the Bible says that they went through on dry ground and the water, notice, was a wall. Now, we've talked about this. Give me your attention. I got eight minutes. Listen, we talked about this. There are many scholars that deny the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. And they say that Israel crossed on the northern end by the Reed Sea. And there was some kind of tide that blew back and Israel could cross over. And they say that in the northern area, in the Reed Sea, that that area is a very shallow area of water. That it's about a half of inch of water that, that Israel crossed over. Which to me, that's stupid. Listen. That would make this even more of a miracle because that would mean that Pharaoh's entire army drowned in an inch and a half of water. <laughs> you understand? The higher critics from the lower pit. This is craziness. And so the Bible teaches when Israel crossed the Red Sea, it was a wall of water. I would not classify an inch and a half of water as a, thank you. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Now listen close here. Here's your Hebrew lesson, okay? In the Hebrew language, the word wall means wall. There you go. <laughs> wall means wall. And that's all wall means. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a wall of water. You know, like, 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 you know like, a, like the walls of Jerusalem, like the walls of Jericho, like the walls of Babylon. There was the wall of water on the right and on the left. And can you imagine if you were like in Israel and you were coming out of Egypt and you're going through the Red Sea and there's this wall of water and you could see like the fish. They're like running their nose and boom. Boom, you got all these fish and all these underwater. Just, that would have had to have been an amazing thing. 
over and over again, you know, these scholars come up with things that are just absolutely ridiculous. And if they just simply read their Bibles, they would answer their own questions. Over and over again in the Bible, the Bible talks about the wall of water or the depth of the sea. You can fast forward really quickly to chapter 15, and, 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 and here in chapter 15, when we'll talk about the next time, when the children of Israel get to the other side, this is how they describe their experience. Look at verse 5. The depths, you see in verse 5? You're there, say amen. amen. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Chapter 15, verse 8, you can see it again. With the blast of your nostrils, the water were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap, and the depths, in verse 8, congealed. You know what that means? It means to make solid in the heart of the sea. Chapter 15, verse 8. Look at chapter 15, verse 10. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. That's not a swamp or a half inch of water. If you're taking notes, Psalm 78, verse 11, he divided the sea, caused them to pass through. He made the water stand up like a heap. Psalm 77, 19, your way was in the sea, your path in the great waters, not a swamp. Over and over, Isaiah 51, verse 10. Isaiah 51, verse 15. Isaiah 63, all talk about the depth of the waters as it relates to this Red Sea experience. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19 through 29, pardon me, verse 29, it says, by faith they passed through the Red Sea, but the Egyptians were drowning trying to do the same thing. They were drowning, not in a half an inch of water or an inch and a half of water. You see, the Bible says they passed through the Red Sea by faith. Why? Because it took a lot of faith. I mean, think about it. There's a wall of water on both sides, and they're walking through. I don't know about you, but that took a lot of faith. You hear the waters raging. doesn't say that God got rid of the stereo effect. So they hear the waters raging, and they're like, wow, it took a lot of faith to pass through the Red Sea. The Egyptians followed behind, but they weren't following in faith in God, and they were drowned in the Red Sea. Notice in chapter 14, verse 26 through 31, as I wrap it up, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians. See, that's not an inch and a half of water. Read the Bible. On their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full what? Depth. While the Egyptians were fleeing into it. And so the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all of the army covered. And all of the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, not so much as one of them remained. Isn't that interesting? But the children of Israel, they walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right and on their left. You know what? I think God, the Holy Spirit, said that twice just so you wouldn't miss it. In case you were asleep the first time he said it, he said it again 
The wall was to them on the right hand and on the left. And so the Lord, in verse 30, saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. And thus Israel saw the great, verse 31, underline it, saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Before you shut your Bible, listen, we need to understand that coming to the Red Sea was just as important as crossing it. The predicament that they found themselves in, that God allowed them to find themselves in, is only used as a highway to the promised land. Saints, listen to me close. What predicament are you in tonight? What hard place? Are you between a rock and a hard place? Can't go to the left because there's a mountain there. There's an obstacle. Can't go to the right because there's an obstacle there as well. Can't go behind you because Pharaoh and his army, which represent, by the way, in type, Satan is following close behind and in hot pursuit. Where are you? Listen, God has you there, and God's going to use this experience as a highway for you to make it to the promised land. Don't you remember, I told you in the past, can I remind you once again, the promised land represents not heaven, but what? Spiritual maturity. And aren't you always praying, God, I want to be mature. God, I want to grow up in you. God, I want to be your man. God, I want to be your woman. God, I want to be everything that you want me to be. I want to be a holy wife, and I want to be a holy husband, and I want to be used of you, God. Well, listen, this, this hard place that you find yourself in, listen to me close, because this is a word for someone. The hard place that you are currently in, God is going to use it to get you to where you want to be. You weren't counting on that. See, you weren't thinking, oh, man, I, in order for me to be what, I, what God wants me to be, I'm going to have to go through a hard place. You weren't thinking that. You want to be what you want to be for God, and you want to get there on the easy highway. You know, this Christian life, ain't nobody said it was easy. And if they did, they lied, y'all. Can I get a witness? Thank you, honey. It ain't easy. It's worth it, but it ain't easy. But you got to let the hard place, this predicament that you find yourself in, you got to let it move you forward through the Red Sea. You can't run back. You run back, you run right in the hands of the devil. And you run right back into the hands of slavery. What do you think Pharaoh would do if he had caught them? Take them right back into Egypt. Egypt in type represents what? The world. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? The only thing to do is follow God. The only thing to do is you take that hard highway. Because God has never led you to a place where he was not. God doesn't lead his people 
down a blind alley, down a, you know, alley that has a brick wall. God's always with you. God's going to be with you. Remember, no temptation that God doesn't know about, but God's made a way of escape. But you got to be willing to stay on that highway and understand God always has a plan. God always has a plan. And God is in complete and total control. This whole situation as we kind of conclude the plagues and conclude, you know, this portion of our study, if you will. Chapter 15 moves into a little bit different direction, but, but the same but different. But, but, but this whole thing, God knew it from the very beginning. God said, my plan and my purpose is to show, first of all, Israel, that I am a great God and that I am an able God. And secondly, is to show Pharaoh. Don't you remember Pharaoh said, who is this God that I should obey him? And God said, you really want to know? Okay, I'll show you. And God showed him, which tells us God is always in control. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.